in the recent GOP debate, there was a moment where Nikki Haley Vivek went after each other. It was heated. The entire place was on fire. I was in the audience. I was watching. Haley was defending Ukraine, saying, how dare we support a Putin? He's a thug. He's a killer. Didn't he just kill his opponent, Prigozhin? And we're watching this thing taking place. And if we're sitting here, stay out of the way. Let Russia take over Ukraine. What are we doing? We should defend our allies, NATO, since we're putting money into NATO. We should defend NATO. So that prompted me to say, let's investigate this. Brandon brought this up, and I said, how big is NATO? How much money are we spending in NATO? Who's scarier, NATO or BRICS? Are we more worried about members in NATO or members in BRICS, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, which party can throw Iran there as well? What is the pro and con of NATO? Why is it still around? The whole thing was prompted by Russia, but Russia fell in 91. Do we still continue putting money into it? Did anybody ever leave NATO? Did anybody come back to NATO? Who is not the adjoined NATO? A bunch of different questions that we're going to get into today. If you get value out of this video, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Let's get right into NATO. What does NATO stand for? The North Atlantic Treaty Organization, an, an intergovernmental military alliance between 31 member states that was established in 1949 after World War II because everybody feared Soviet Union. So NATO is a collective security system. Its independent member states agree to defend each other against attacks. During the Cold War, NATO operated as a check on the threat posed by the Soviet Union. So it's kind of like being part of a gang and everybody teams up with each other. If somebody messes with you, you messed up with me. So if you want to know who's part of NATO as well as who joined first, here's a list. In 1949, the 12 countries that joined, Belgium, Canada, Denmark, France, Iceland, Italy, Luxembourg, Netherlands, Norway, Portugal, the United Kingdom, and United States. 1952, it's Greece and Turkey. In 59, it's Germany. In 66, France is the first one that leaves. They're like, listen, we're out of here. We don't want to deal with you guys. NATO, they were offended. They were upset. They're out. Later on in 2009, they rejoin. 1982, it's Spain. 1999, it's Czech Republic, formerly Czechoslovakia. Then it's Hungary, Poland. Then in 2004, it's Bulgaria, Estovia, Latvia, Lithuania, Romania, Slovakia, and Slovenia formerly Yugoslavia, and then in 2009 it's Albania, Croatia, in 17 it's Montenegro, in 2020 it's North Macedonia, and in 2023 Finland making it 31 members. So it's important when you see this, somebody may say, so what, all these people are joining, that's, that's totally fine. I want you to look at this map on Statista and look at the years from dark blue. If you look at the dark navy blue to lighter blue to lighter, 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 and all of a sudden it's green and yellow. Notice how it starts. All the navy blue is far left, far from Russia, meaning Russia doesn't care with those countries at that time. But notice it gets lighter, which is getting close to Russia, and lighter, and then the yellow, and the light blue, and the more yellow. Now they're getting right next to Russia, and Russia's now sitting there saying, NATO, what plans do you have here? What are you trying to do? It's almost as if you're pushing me to have to do something and take action against Ukraine, Poland, and some of these other countries. You ever wonder why Jamie Dimon, CEO of Chase, has a $900 million art collection, or Steve Cohen, $1.1 billion art collection, or Microsoft has nearly a billion dollar collection, the company, 5,000 art pieces in 180 different locations worldwide. Why? Because billionaires and millionaires understand one of the ways to hedge against inflation, money being printed, market crash, interest rates, is to buy non-duplicatable assets, and one of them is art, fine art. And that's why today's sponsor is Masterworks. Let me tell you a little bit about Masterworks. You may be watching the same Pat, I'm not a millionaire or a billionaire. I can't afford to buy Warhol or Banksy or Basquiat. How am I going to buy that? Well, Masterworks allows you to buy fractional shares. Like buying a share of Apple, you buy a share of a Banksy painting or a Warhol piece. 
you're able to do that through Masterworks. This is why over 800,000 people have signed up with Masterworks. Offerings have sold out within minutes, and many of you have already created accounts, and some of you that haven't. This is your chance to skip the waiting list and start your collection today. Just click on the link in the description, go to masterworks.art forward slash value team, and once again, masterworks.art forward slash value team, or click on a link below. This is when Russia all of a sudden woke up because what's interesting while we're looking at this, just this year, July 11th of 2023, leaders agree to expedite Ukraine's NATO membership. Now, you got to realize, these countries, Russia's looking at, these guys were former Russia. He's looking at saying, why are you doing this to me? What's your motive here? Again, this is really pissing Putin off. Now, you may watch this and say, who cares, Pat? Do we want to make him happy? Do we want to make our enemy happy? This is not a guy we like. He just killed his opponent. Is our priority to make the guy happy? Some may say priority maybe not to start a World War III. That's why we started this, right? So imagine you're Putin, you're like, wait a minute, you're getting all this stuff that's getting stronger. How many ballistic missiles do you have that can be targeted in my country? I got to take care of my country, right? Look what this chart shows. NATO defense system. If you go all the way to the bottom right, you'll see the ballistic missiles. You'll notice Germany, Romania, Poland, Spain, and Turkey. U.S. has missiles in those countries, including NATO and Germany, that can directly target Russia. And this is what upsets Putin. So why? July 11, 2023, they're trying to expedite the process of getting Ukraine to membership, right? According to this article number five, if Ukraine is part of NATO and Russia attacks them, not only can they, but they have to respond because it's in the treaty to defend NATO. The parties agree that an armed attack against one or more of them in Europe or North America shall be considered an attack against them all, okay, all. And it continues at the end to say, such action as it deems necessary, including the use of armed force to restore and maintain the security of the North Atlantic area. This is in their articles. You attack one or more, we can attack you. And Russia, essentially, if they speed up the process of Ukraine, and Russia attacks Ukraine, that means NATO can now attack Russia because it's part of the treaty. So, so before we tell you who spends the most money for, you know, the budget for NATO, let's look at pros and cons because maybe there's a lot of pros for NATO for us to have that. And then you can look at the cons as well. Pros. Deterrence. NATO's main goal is to deter aggression against its member states. By having a strong military alliance, NATO makes it clear to potential adversaries that any attack on a NATO member would be met with a strong response. Defense. NATO committed to defending its member states if they are attacked. This has been demonstrated in practice most notably during the 1999 bombing of Yugoslavia when NATO intervened to stop the Serbian government's ethnic cleansing campaign in Kosovo. Stability. NATO has helped to promote stability in Europe since its founding in 1949 by providing a forum for cooperation and consultation. NATO has helped to prevent conflict between its member states. Values. NATO is based on the shared values of democracy, individual liberty, and the rule of law. These values are important to many people in Europe and North America, and NATO helps to uphold them. Now let's take a look at the cons. Cost. NATO is a costly alliance. The United States spends a significant amount of money on NATO, which some argue is not necessary. Next, unnecessary. Some argue that NATO is no longer necessary. In the post-Cold War era, they point out that there's no longer a clear threat from the Soviet Union or any other major power. Aggressive. Some argue that NATO is an aggressive alliance that is more interested in expanding its influence than its deterring aggression. They point to NATO's interventions in Yugoslavia and Libya as evidence of this. Ineffective. Some argue that NATO has been ineffective in preventing conflict in Europe. They point to wars in Bosnia, Herzegovina, Kosovo, and Ukraine as evidence of this. Now, in 2016, Trump pointed out something that really got a lot of people upset. 
But it got a lot of American people saying, why are we doing this? It doesn't make any sense. They pulled out the data of what percentage of NATO we put into. So if you look at 2022, you would notice United States all the way at the top. We put in not only the most money, but percentage-wise, we put the second highest percentage of our GDP at 3.47%. Then look at the drop of how quickly the total dollar goes to UK. And then you have Germany, France, Italy, Canada, Poland, Netherlands. And by the way, if you look at all these countries, most of them are close to Russia, but we are not close to Russia. But why are we putting three and a half percent into this? Well, the rule is only two percent. You don't have to put more than two percent. Well, we're going three point four seven percent. Some may say we're doing this. It allows us to have control. We have the loudest mic. When we say what to do, we're putting in the most money. How much is the money we're really putting into? Let me kind of break down what three point four seven percent is. So, if you notice, U.S. eight hundred eleven billion. Then you have U.K. at seven thirty, which means we're eleven times more than what U.K. puts in. Then it's Germany sixty three billion, France fifty seven. Italy, 33, Canada, 27, Poland, 15 billion, Netherlands, 15 billion, Spain, 15 billion. So, you know, when you listen to the arguments, DeSantis Vivek or Nikki Haley and, you know, Romney and her, who should I listen to? I don't know who I should listen to. One side says, why are we spending so much money? Why, why is this establishment so obsessed with military industrial complex? Spend, 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 make money for Raytheon, Boeing, General Dynamics, Northrop Grumman. You're making all money for these guys that eventually give to your party. That's what the argument is made from one side. The other side is sitting there saying, wait a minute, who do you worry about more? BRICS or NATO? Who's part of NATO? You're worried about Germany? You're worried about France? You're worried about UK? Let me kind of break down to you as part of BRICS. Are you worried about Brazil? Not really. Are you worried about India? No, we have a decent relationship with them. Are you worried about China? Yeah, we are worried about China. Are you worried about Russia? We are worried about Russia. Are you worried about South Africa? Who? South Africa? No, I'm not really worried about them. How about Iran? Well, Iran is kind of part of them because China invests in... How about Saudi Arabia? Well, they work with everybody. They're kind of in the middle, but they're not taking oil with one, so they're probably tied to China a little bit. But I am worried about China. I am worried about Russia. So what does BRICS look like compared to NATO? Here's what it looks like. Formation, your NATO 49, BRICS 2009. Type of organization, military security, BRICS, economic, political, and cultural cooperation. NATO, 31 countries, BRICS, 5. Total population, NATO, 954 million. That's 13% of world population. Look at BRICS, 3.21. 45% of the world population with only five countries compared to 31. GDP, 45% of world GDP. BRICS, 31.5%, so smaller. Big economies, US, Germany, France, UK, Poland. BRICS, China, India, Brazil. Who do you not want to piss off? Uh, do you not want to piss off BRICS? So you may say, well, Pat, I mean, I'm not understanding where you're going with this. Are you saying we are, we are for strengthening Ukraine? Are we now, what direction are we going with this? Here's all I'm saying to you. One can be paranoid about the fact that NATO wants us to send all the money because we have a big economy. Don't worry about it. You guys can afford it. You're rich. You're like the rich family and all your cousins. When you go out, they want you to pay for everything. They're annoying. What do you think about people like that that want you to pay for everything because you're rich? That's how they look at America. But one may say, listen, China, Russia, those guys see themselves as an equal to you. You don't want to kind of forget about those guys. That's a real threat. That's not necessarily a best friend of ours, right, for us to sit there and be like, yeah, totally fine. I think we should stay paranoid with everybody and kind of watch our money because we're kind of going into a lot of debt right now. Fair argument. But the idea is to watch for everyone's way that they're hurting the country that matters to you and I the most. If you live in America, that's who matters to me the most. 
And that's what ought to matter to you also the most. So let's answer a few different questions here. Number one, is NATO preventing World War III from happening? Some can make a strong argument that NATO's encroachment on Russia is a leading cause of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Those in favor of NATO might argue that the NATO policy is an attack against one is an attack against all, is an effective determinant to Russia's aggression against surrounding countries. Somebody say, you know what? Russia's not going to want to attack one of these guys because we all have to attack Russia. So, like, you know, we're just not going to do anything. We're going to leave it alone. Maybe it's working, maybe it's not. But both arguments have a good point. The other question, what would World War III look like? If nuclear missiles were launched, 70% of the world would be killed pretty much instantly. So in a non-nuclear, U.S. is not really a threat for many different reasons. One of the reasons is we've got two big oceans between us and Russia and China. Let's take a look at this here together, ranking U.S. according to globalfirepower.com. It puts U.S. ranking number one and then Russia number two and China three. If you look at U.S. versus Russia, here's a comparison. You'll see how they have it broken down. Manpower, they gave it to Russia. Air power, us. Land power, naval power, natural resources, financials, it's Russia. Logistics geography goes to us, but this doesn't tell the whole story. I'll give you here in a minute some other numbers here with, you know, destroyers and aircraft carriers and hello carriers. We'll go into that here in a minute. Let's look at U.S. versus China. China being ranked number three. Manpower, obviously China. Air power, us. Land power, naval, China. Natural resources, us. Financials, them. Logistics, geography, us. But if you look at the top countries with destroyers, okay, you would see us at number one with 92, China at 50, Japan 36, Russia's at 15. Even if you combine China and Russia together, they're at 65, we're at 92. After Russia, it's South Korea, India, France, UK, Mexico. And if we look at aircraft carriers, total in the world, there's an estimated 46. Of the 46, 20 are ours. France has got four. Japan's got four. China's got only three. Italy 2, UK 2, Australia 2, Egypt 2, South Korea 2, then India 1, Russia 1, Brazil 1, Spain 1, Thailand 1. Meaning, of the 46, U.S. almost has half of the entire fleet. So, in a non-nuclear war, U.S. is fine. In a nuclear war, 70% of the world is gone. We don't have to worry about that part. But if we can't figure out a way to prevent a nuclear war from happening, it's probably a good idea, don't you think? So in closing, final thoughts here. So between NATO, BRICS, all this stuff we're talking about, Pat, you know, what do you think about these, these things here? Well, first of all, NATO, like, who in NATO hates us? Think about it. NATO. Like, most of it is Europe, right? Who in NATO hates us? You know, they may look at us and say, ah, you know, these guys are such capitalists. Are they care about us money? You guys are not living your life. You are selfish people, Americans. They don't hate us. They don't like us, right? If you think about it. Like when you go to Europe and some restaurants when they see you from America, oh, you're American. You work very hard. You have no life. You chase the money. We have family. We have tradition. We have fashion. Like they look at us in a different way. Now, when you think about BRICS, China, Russia, if you add Iran as part of China's deal, I know the I stands for India, not Iran. Um, they don't like us. Some may even say they hate us. I lived in Iran 10 years. They do not like America. They hate America. So imagine you got a billionaire who's your enemy, but he doesn't really care for you much, okay? But you have somebody that works a regular job, but they hate you. They're envious of you. Who has more power? This one's got more resources than this one. But what does this one have? This one's a true believer that's patient and is going to be patiently waiting till they get their opportunity to seek vengeance against those they envy 
and those they hate. They feel that way towards us. Of course, we have to make sure to tame them and keep them calm and at least some kind of a relationship there and figure out a way to do business together. But they're not sitting around saying, oh, you know, let America get as big as they want. No, no, no. FDR said something once, years ago. Roosevelt, he said the following. He said, in politics, nothing happens by accident. If it happens, you can bet it was planned that way. Nothing happens by accident. So COVID wasn't an accident? The whole world shut down for about a year, year and a half, two years? So that was intentional? FDR said that? Isn't that the Democrats' favorite president of all time? It's kind of a weird thing to say, right? Huh. So maybe some of these things are planned? So China, Russia may not have access to the destroyers or the ships or the aircraft carriers that we have, but they are training on bio-warfare and cyber-warfare. That's not on a leader's bulletin. How do we measure that? We don't have a way of measuring that. So my whole purpose of saying this to you is, I think it's best we as Americans stay paranoid with anybody whose number one priority in their lives is not America. And we keep America as number one priority over Ukraine, over relationship with Russia or China or any of that. Let's lead with America first and then comes everybody else instead of trying to solve everyone's problems and create unnecessary enemies, especially waking some of them up that we're cornering them to make a point or else we're publicly humiliating them. It's that kind of situations that could lead to a nuclear war. Nobody wants that. We'd like to figure out a way to avoid that. If you got value out of this video, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. If you've not seen a video we made on military industrial complex, click here to watch it. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.